All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and today I'm here with a special guest, PJ Nowak. PJ, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited yeah, to be of course. here. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to stop by. So um, PJ is a former Division One college athlete and graduate from Michigan State University and is currently the CEO and co-founder for The Donut, which is a daily newsletter that provides, I would say, pretty fact-based unbiased news um monday through friday so that's a little bit about pj but do you mind kind of talking a bit about your background who you are what you're up to these days yeah of course um so i'll just start with what's going on right now um so as you mentioned the ceo and founder of a company called the donut so we send out currently a daily email newsletter to tens of thousands of people just delivers the news of the day in a straightforward manner Super quick, typically less than four minutes to read. But the cool part about what we do on top of just the impartiality and the straightforwardness is an angle of positivity. And so if you all read news or if you get exposed to news via social media or, you know, wherever, typically it's pretty negative, right? It's all the bad stuff happening in the world. Um, I used to read the news and I just walk away with this impending sense of doom, right? It's like, man, we are so screwed. Like the world's going to end. Yeah. But in reality, like you take a step back and you look holistically at the world, it's like disease continuously is becoming eradicated. Like less people each year are dying from diseases. Uh, more people each year are being lifted out of poverty, like above the poverty line. Like as of November, 2019, um, and this could have changed with the, the pandemic. So there's not updated numbers on this, but as of November, 2019, over half of the world was living above the poverty line for whatever area um, that they were living in. So that type of stuff, this type of information doesn't get disseminated, in my opinion, widely enough because a lot of the economic incentives of the media is sensationalism, um, plant to tribalism, things like that. Like let's get people fighting against themselves because our economic incentive is to generate attention. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to unravel a lot of the news industry's economic incentives and build a company that was the direct antithesis to everything I hated about the news. I love that. That's, that's such a good point. And I love the positivity that you provide with the donut because, you know, I've, I've talked about this with a bunch of other people on the podcast about like how important it is to, to surround yourself with positive um, sources and positivity, whether it's like just people you follow on social media, your actual circle in life, but even like the news and something that I've talked to people about is like, you know, like don't, I don't, you know, advocate to live under a rock by any means, but like, if you just like flip the news on TV, there's so much negativity and it's like, you just need to get away from that. Like you said, you just walk away feeling that doom cloud. So I love that with the donut, that it is that positive spin and, you know, you can read it and see the good that's going on in the world because there's so much good happening every day. Yeah. And let's be totally honest too, man. Like the stuff that happens every day that actually impacts your daily life, like mm-hmm. how, how much stuff happens every day that actually impacts your daily life. It's like almost none, right? There's really not that much real news out there. But right. again, that economic incentive is traffic, it's attention. And the more attention, the more eyeballs you generate, the more revenue you generate. And so on just delivering, you know, like in the old days, an hour long news broadcast once a day, that was enough, man. Like you got your fill of the news. You, you feel like you understood what was going on and then you move on with your day. But now it's like 24 seven, 24 hour news cycle. Right. It's got to be filled somehow. 
Right. And I see it firsthand, man. Like when our team goes through all of the news, like you, you get um, drawn in, you get sucked in by a headline and then you read it and you go, this is freaking stupid, man. It's like, <laughs> well, I, 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 and I think about it too, um, running a news organization. It's like somebody had to uh, think of that topic. Somebody had to approve the topic. Somebody had to go research the topic. Somebody had to go write about the topic. Somebody had to go, at, right? Like there's, it's not like this is just a throwaway kind of, thing this is something that is is involved and it's involved typically by more than one person if there's good journalistic standards if there's not well then that's another conversation altogether right just crazy man and you, you can draw a direct line too from uh, the downfall of the news industry which is about the time when the, the internet came around mm-hmm. to a lot of the social division that exists in the country too yeah Definitely. And I mean, w- with that kind of social division, like we mentioned, you know, with the donut, it's it's unbiased, um, you know, just very factual. So why was that like an approach that you wanted to take or, or what led you to want to be that with the donut? Man, that's a good question. So uh, kind of the the whole inspiration for the donut came um, for me just being a newsophile my whole life. It's like when I was young, uh, as you know. Um, you know, being connected yeah. on each other, what, dec- like a decade, 15 years plus now. Yeah, it's been um, a long time. <laughs> yeah. So as, as you know, we moved around a lot um, when Kyle and I were kids. And with that, you know, um, I really followed a lot of what my, my dad was doing. My, my dad was my role model. And every single morning without fail, he would sit down at the kitchen table and he would read the paper. This would be super early in the morning too. So like I would start getting up two hours early for school to just sit at the, the kitchen table and read the paper with him. And I remember it was this big ordeal because we used to have a yellow lab. Well, first a black lab and then a yellow lab and now a chocolate lab or family likes labs. Yeah. Uh, but my dad would train the labs to go get the paper in the morning. So it was this whole kind of a whole kind of thing where the dog would be so excited, like because he knew exactly what was going on. And he would get rewarded and praised to you know the high heaven um, when he would just bolt out the door. Right, we'd open the door, he'd bolt out of it, sprint to the bottom of the driveway. It was this long straight drive. Grab the paper in his mouth, like sprint back, tail wagging the whole way. And then, then you know, I started off with like comics, um, just reading the comics because I'm like five years old at the time. What the hell do I know? And graduated into sports, and then you know business, and then the actual news and world affairs. So I got to witness firsthand the print newspaper transition to digital and kind of what I like to call the, the decline of quality news. Um, it is making a comeback now, uh, hopefully, but there is there was a decline of the news. And what really inspired me to start the donut was seeing this and then seeing kind of like the social tension just boil over, start to boil over and impact the lives of people who didn't really care about politics or world affairs. You know what I mean? Like uh, these are people who are more, you know, like I just want to hang out with my friends. Let me watch sports, do all of that stuff. And what was the tipping point for me was in, um, I think it was fall 2016. And it was the Brett Kavanaugh trial. And this isn't a commentary on the trial, right? um, At all. But this is a commentary on before it even happened or before the hearings, I guess, trial might not be the right word. But before that happened, before seeing any evidence, before seeing any information, people had already made up their minds about which side they were on. And they were Mm -hmm. dug in, man, like dug in. And there was no actual discussion happening between people. 
And that's when I kind of realized, was like, man, I just, I really don't like where this is going. And on a personal level, you know, I couldn't find news that I felt like I trusted very quickly. Cause I'm somebody who's like trust, but verify yeah. every single morning. And I still see it with a lot of our competitors, man. There's just like tiny little things that make me go, oh, man, can I trust you? And it's, it's not even major stuff. It's like uh, like getting a number wrong or like a digit wrong or um, spelling a name wrong or having like the E and the I just um, exchanged or flip-flopped, right? And it's like little stuff like that where I go, man, I, it's tough for things like that to make it through our QA process now. And I wanted to design a company where people could like read a newsletter or read information and fully trust that information was legit. And not only that, if we get it wrong, because we are humans, right? You know, there's humans make mistakes. Owning our mistakes whenever we make our mistakes is a, a major, major, major deal for us. But to date right now, we've written close to 8,000 stories. We've run 17 corrections, which from an accuracy perspective, we're 99.8% accurate. And yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to be proud of. And, you know, I just for anyone listening, I'll go on the record and say that I, you know, I read the donut every day when I get it every morning. That's the first thing I do when I wake up. And for me, you know, just as someone that I I just turned 25, I'll be honest, you know, in my late teens and stuff, I wasn't that big on news. You know, I I love sports. So I check out the sports and maybe like business, but wasn't a big news person. And a big reason behind that was because I didn't feel that I knew enough about topics to really have a stance and anything I found online, like PJ kind of said, would be very heavy one way or the other. And I felt like I would just be following, like being a follower and not having my own thoughts. So that's something that I've really appreciated about my experience with the donut that I can read just what's going on from this purely factual standpoint. And then I can, create my own thoughts and opinions based on that information. I love that, man. Cause that's, it's not like, who the hell am I to tell you what to think? Right. <laughs> like who the hell am I? I, yeah. I just, I never understood that arrogance. Right. I, I agree. And I think, you know, with anything in life, I think that, you know, people that share information or, you know, mentor, coach, whatever teachers, they're just there to provide you the information. Then it's up to you as an individual to, to do what you want with or to make your own decisions and you know i think that there's just kind of unfortunately there can be that like herd mentality at times where it's just you know something gets tweeted out and then everyone's like oh yeah yeah like i agree that's right and that's like well do you actually or are you just kind of like going along with whoever said it or because that's the popular opinion or whatever so i love the kind of empowerment that the donut provides where it's empowering the reader to draw their own conclusions and you know it is important to note that there are Um, You do include, you know, articles, additional like supplemental readings that might be like one way or the other way, just, you know, to give maybe other perspectives, but the bulk of it is always that unbiased fact. Oh, yeah. And it's also an attempt to bridge kind of the the gap, the divide Mm -hmm. that exists right now, because a lot of what I see, man, and I see it um, every single day because I I get every single subscriber response from our email. And again, we send out to a lot of people. All of those responses come directly to me. And a lot of the responses I see, and I'll hop on the phone and talk with a lot of a lot of these subscribers. I hear them speaking to caricatures of what the other side actually believes. 
And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is uh, falling in line with the rhetoric and the talking points. And it tells me, because I've had exposure to people of all different backgrounds from like literally people who live in India because we lived in India to people who lived in Hong Kong because we lived in Hong Kong to West Coast, East Coast, all of that. I've had exposure to a lot of different people. And what I can tell you is there's no conversations, uh, difficult conversations being had on a large scale right now in a productive manner. It's more like, oh, Zach, you're a liberal. You're a snowflake idiot. It's like, ah, Peter, you're a conservative. You're a racist prick, right? It's like a racist homophobe, you know, like whatever it is, there's no actual discussion being had. And going back to what you were talking about too, just not feeling like you had enough information to make up your mind on stuff. Well, in today's day and age where like you, you tweet something and you spell a word wrong and like your entire life is ruined. Like that's terrifying, man. I feel like that can, that can just paralyze people. It used to paralyze me. And that's, that's not a world that I want to live in, right? I want to boil that temperature down and I want to uh, give people exposure to different walks of life and different backgrounds. Cause that's what research and study shows uh, goes a long way towards acceptance, as when people actually have exposure in their personal lives to these nameless, faceless um, f- folks or entities that are, are meant to be the enemy in, in media, when they actually get exposure to those individuals or entities on a personal level, a lot of the time the opinion completely changes. And yeah. that's a lot of what I'm trying to do because I want to live in a world where people of all different backgrounds can contribute to a productive society, but that's not going to happen if there is this belief that you can cram down whatever I believe on mm-hmm. everybody else. What I'm trying to, to communicate is we need to respect our differences. We need to celebrate our differences and we need to learn to live together with our differences. And part of that is not giving a shit if it doesn't impact you about what somebody else does. I love that. I, I Wow. That's just, it's amazing to hear. And, you know, I don't know if it's maybe because in the recent years I've gotten more involved with the news or just kind of seeing what's going on in the world or I'm just getting older or whatever the case may be. But I think, you know, it's, it's safe to say that the last few years and, and currently we, we kind of live in a divisive world, right? That's just very kind of polar opposites of, of how the media is presenting things. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's I'm I'm a big believer like you, where it's completely okay and expected to have differences of opinions and stuff, but we just need to have those discussions. We need to have those conversations, those productive ones, and respect other people's views and values and you know, go into a conversation open minded where, you know, maybe after talking to you, I'm not gonna agree with you, but I agree that you have some good points, but I still have my opinion, right? So just I love that you're bringing that conversation about and that that's a priority for you in the donut. And here's another thing, man, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. And to this day and age, like you literally are, you have to have an opinion on stuff. And that's another thing that makes me uncomfortable because it's like, how, how am I supposed to have an opinion on something I know nothing about? That's just an uninformed opinion. So I would rather, I would much rather talk to somebody who has one opinion. I would much rather talk to somebody who has a difference of opinion. I would much rather talk to multiple people who have a lot of nuanced, different opinions. And then I will make up my mind on something. But I just don't understand like the hot takes, like the immediate knee jerk reactions that are emotionally 
uninformed just pieces of information and this happens from everybody everywhere and it's it's very frustrating to me to see a lot of um, individuals who uh, put things online and and I'm not talking about like a lot of the mainstream folks these are these these globbers the hangers on who exist solely to whip people into a frenzy so they can sell them merchandise or make money off of individuals. I think that's skeezy. I think that's sleazy. I think it's, I'm not a major fan of that, but I see a lot of it in today's day and age. And one of the things that I want to start working towards, but as I'm learning, you know, starting a company from the ground up, things are brick by brick. Um, Eventually what I want to do is I want to have a show where people will send in, things that they see on social media, be it videos, be it posts from various accounts. And again, you know, from the left all the way to the right. And what we would do on this show is actually dive into these posts and be like, okay, so here is what, and just go through like the, the donut um, research, fact tech, QA and creation process, just to give people a little bit more transparency into what we do and also help teach like digital literacy. So like you see a social media video online, what's the very first thing you do to make sure that it's not bullshit? It's like you check the source. And then after that, you look for context clues, right? And then just kind of take people progressing down this path because a lot of what I see and I totally get it, man, like everybody's busy. There's so much shit just vying for your attention. In today's day and age, it's tough to act. Well, it's not tough, but a lot of folks don't actually take the 30 seconds to do a Google search of a video, but instead end up disseminating that information in a conversation two weeks down the line with information that was incorrect to begin with, right? It's like a, have you ever played telephone? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like the telephone game and the media, right. the media works the exact same way. Yeah. No. And I mean, I think that that's great that you brought that up. Cause I was going to say, you know, in terms of, you know, with social media, evolving you know from when we were young to now there's so many ways like you can pull up facebook you can pull up instagram twitter whatever and scroll for like 30 seconds you're going to see probably multiple things that are you know quote unquote news and whether you're maybe younger and more impressionable maybe you're older and not super tech savvy or maybe you're our age you might just see that and and take that as 100 percent fact like that's you know that's where i get my news So it's important, I think, to have that kind of mindset of, you know, let me maybe take the 30 seconds to look into this or fact check it because, you know, there's so many different sources where you're going to find things that just aren't exactly what they seem they might be or or factual at any point. Dude, you know, the funniest part about that is the same folks who, I I don't know if your parents did this, but my parents, when I was growing growing up and the internet was just coming around, I would talk about something I saw on the internet. They're like, oh, you saw it on the internet. It must be true. Right. Like in a a sarcastic manner. But now a lot of what I see are those same exact folks who are warning us that "Ah, I can't believe everything you read on the internet are now blindly believing everything that they read on the internet. So right. I, I find that kind of funny. But what I, what I see that makes me very hopeful and excited about the future, which is another calling card of the donut, is the younger generation understands this shit, man. Like, we get this. You know, like, we, we understand that not everything you see online is true. We understand yeah. that there's certain... Um, there's certain things to look for online that somebody who's not as experienced or hasn't grown up with the internet or social media might not think to do. And that's a lot of what excites me about the future. But also at the same time, I look at deep fakes and things like that. And I'm going, yeah. Oh my God. Like that Tom, have you seen that Tom Cruise deep fake TikTok account? 
No, I don't think so. Oh my god, man! I'll send you a video after this. But the dude looks identical to Tom Cruise. Like it looks exactly like. <laughs> oh man! Okay. Exactly like Tom Cruise, and he has him like saying stuff. The the first video I ever saw was uh, him hitting a golf ball, and in Tom Cruise like mannerisms, like uh, like risky business. Uh, yeah. Literally dressed the same way. He goes to the golf tee, and he's like sports, right? So. <laughs> um, that's kind of what the next the next evolution of I think online disinformation kind of scares me. But yeah, as long as as long as people understand that it's a possibility, you know what I mean. Like I don't watch a flat Earth video and be like, oh my gosh, the Earth is flat. So right. there's the ability in my mind to provide critical thinking skills or to have enough critical thinking skills to be able to handle yourself and pretty dicey online situations when it comes to information gathering. So definitely. definitely. So, you know, like whether it's, you know, far right, far left, whatever, when it comes to televised news or just like going to their website um, for maybe one of those, you know, news outlets and looking up some, some articles or whatever, do you think, or, or maybe does the donut think that there's any value in doing that? Or is that always going to be just very too like too over the top on one side, and that's not really a, a reliable place to look for information? I mean, there's good value, you know, there's good value in doing that, but it's important to recognize what you're putting. Like you mentioned um, in the beginning, it's important to recognize what you're putting in your mind, right? So mm-hmm. if you watch a half hour of CNN, I'd counterbalance that with a half hour of Fox News, right? So just just stuff like that. Because there is value to getting information and hearing different perspectives. And that's a lot of what um, I would suggest. And I, I invite and implore folks who maybe aren't doing that right now to do. Like if your your weekly or your daily news diet is like you watch Don Lemon on CNN, well, you know, maybe flip to somebody else on Fox News for a little bit. Right? Just, to, just to, to flip it up a little bit. Because the economic incentives, again, are designed to get you angry, to rally you up, to get you mad and like, my whole message is don't let them win, right? Don't yeah. let them win because they don't give a shit about you. They don't care about us at all, man. They don't care. They don't care about a lot of where the, the direction of the, the country is going. Like, that's up to us as people, as citizens, young folks, the next generation to like stand up and be like, man, we're not going to take that shit. Like we, we understand what you're doing and we're not going to let you win. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. And I definitely think, you know, maybe this is like the millennial mindset that we have, but just like our generation and the younger generation, you know, I feel like there's just more of that push towards news literacy and just making a difference in the world and using platforms and just kind of having the conversations. I mean, even something that I talk about a lot on the podcast is just like how when we were growing up, maybe mental health was more of a stigmatized topic, but now, you know, people are having those conversations and it's like, it just gives me hope that, you know, not to say anything bad about older generations or anything, but the the newer age people coming up, they're more willing to like almost get comfortable being uncomfortable and having topic or topical discussions that aren't traditional or aren't easy. It goes back to what I was saying before, man. If you, you look holistically at the world, we are marching in the right direction. And yeah. these major, cha- like this shit all takes time. Like it just takes time. And mm-hmm. um, patience is definitely necessary. You know, it's required. Things at large scales just don't happen overnight. And that's a, another thing too that I want to keep poking 
folks at and just remind people that it's like a, a lot of the change that that we desire we all desire we're getting there like we are and maybe not as fast as as some people like not as fast as i'd like in some areas but we're marching in the right direction and to me that's something to be proud of collectively as a society and also it's something that like z mentioned like it gives me hope for people in the future again as long as we understand that difference of opinion is okay and you don't need to believe what I believe and you don't need to live the way that I think you should live as long as you don't hurt me or impact the people around me in a negative manner, do whatever the hell you want to. And as long as we move towards that direction, man, I, I feel very hopeful about society and I have great trust in humanity. Like I really do um, to solve world's problems, to innovate our, our way out of the problems that we've gotten ourselves into. And maybe it's naive, maybe it's stupid, but I will also say we're flying helicopters on the moon, or I'm sorry, on Mars. So maybe we're doing doing something kind of cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that we have a bright future ahead and, you know, just we're moving in the right direction and it's it's something that we need to continue to do. And yeah, I mean, again, like you, like we've talked about, just having that open mind and respecting others' opinions and thoughts and, you know, having those conversations. And I think that something that I, I really respect about you, PJ, is that, you know, you're, you're talking about how you're, you know, you, you do something that involves news, but you're so open to, you know, Zach, whatever you think, like, that's fine. I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm not going to argue. I'm going to listen. And not many people have that mindset all the time. Is there anything that has helped you get to that point in your life or is that always like a perspective that you've carried well uh kind of a combination of the two and so growing up we lived in hong kong india um, i've lived in massachusetts california uh, michigan north carolina now i'm in texas so my kind of personnel or personal experience spans a, a pretty wide variety of backgrounds and cultures and also, I moved around a lot when I was younger, and social media didn't exist. So the only way to keep in contact with people was writing letters. And I honestly saw no point in that because I felt like I had no control over traveling. So I just had to be able to open up really quickly to people. And what I always approach conversation, I always approach conversations in this manner. It's every single person has something that I can learn from, or they do something that I can learn from. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm really, really, really excited to learn more about that particular individual, about their likes, about their dislikes. I want to form a deeper connection. Fuck the superficial shit. I want to form a deeper connection with you. And I also want to learn something from you because you can make me better. And I want to become better as a human being because if I'm better as a human being, as you mentioned, you're the sum of like the five people you spend your time with. You know, I can elevate other people around me. And in turn, I expect them to challenge me and elevate themselves, right? And this, this kind of like never ending kind of like rise as we, we kind of progress through life together. Um, so to answer your question, it's a combination of that and also the work that we've been doing over the past two years, because I've realized, have you ever heard the saying, there's lies, damn lies and statistics? Yeah. That's the God honest truth, man. And we see it every time where uh, news orgs and just people will selectively pull statistics. And I've gotten to the point now where I just, I, I look at situations and I go, we can objectively say what happened here, but there are a lot of interpretations about how we got to this point. 
there's probably, there's not just one reason. Most of the time, there's a lot of different reasons. So a lot of people can have kernels of truth in their beliefs and kind of their opinions and a lot of what they're saying. So I want to listen to everybody because I know there's a kernel of truth in something that everybody is saying. And if, and it's kind of like a challenge, like a jigsaw puzzle for me, if I can pull out or extract the things that, um, go together, I can like put the pieces together in a way that makes sense to me where I actually know and have a holistic view of the situation. And again, going back to not having an opinion on things until I've like had the time to, to actually delve into them. That's a lot of where, where that comes from, I think. So again, combination of, um, of background and just the work that we've been doing. Yeah, no, that, that's incredible. And it's so funny because in this conversation already, you've hit on so many things that are themes or things that I bring up in in these conversations. And, you know, the one that came to mind with, with what you're just saying is I always say that every opportunity, every situation, every person that we come in contact with is an opportunity to learn. We just have to be open to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a huge key and what you're saying and, and what I believe is just that openness, you know, have a conversation because like you're saying, there's in everything, there's, there's going to be something that you can take away from it or some kernel of truth and, you know, just be open to hearing what other people have to say, because you might be surprised, honestly, like if you go in with that mindset of like, oh, I'm not going to believe what they say, or like they have a different opinion. So like, I'm not going to even like listen to a single word they say, like you, you're just hurting yourself with that. And it applies to everybody. I see it a lot of times in, in peers and just folks around me and like Ubers and Lyfts, for instance. I talk about this all the time. I love talking to Uber and Lyft drivers. I fucking love it. It's like one of my favorite pastimes. I see so many folks who will call an Uber a Lyft and like treat it like a limousine, right? Like you get in the back and then like, oh, don't talk to me, driver. I'm really busy. It's like, who the fuck are you? You're not that busy. But uh, I always talk to the Uber and Lyft drivers and man, I've made so many friends and like forged so many deep connections. And uh, like, I'll, I can give you a story of, of one of them. Actually, this is my favorite one. This guy's, um, this was, I don't know, maybe two years ago, two or so years ago, um, right after the assassination of General Soleimani, the um, Iranian commander in chief of the armed forces. And I get in this, I call a, a lift, I'm downtown Austin. I call a lift and I get in and I just start talking to the driver and he's got um, a little bit of an accent. So I always love like learning people's stories and, you know, kind of like where they come from and a lot of that. So I started asking him and I don't know what it was, but this dude just started opening up and it turns out that he was an Iraqi national. And not only was he an Iraqi national, but he had fought for Saddam Hussein in the early 2000s. Like he was literally in the army. So he was telling me, about his experience in the Iraqi forces under Saddam Hussein and how miserable it was and how he grew to be completely disaffected with the regime and ended up becoming an informant for the U.S. armed forces. But when he became an informant for the U.S. armed forces, they put a target on the guy's back. And what ended up happening was a terrorist cell captured his brother, slowly tortured him, and killed him. And right after that, like literally cover of night type shit, the U.S. extradited him. Well, extradited might not be the right word, but got him from Iraq to Austin along with his wife, his two-year-old child, and his wife was also pregnant with another child at the time. That was 10 years before I met him. And he was in Austin like 
the the day after his brother was was brutally murdered. But the interesting part um, to me about our conversation was his perspective on Iraq and the U.S. occupation of Iraq and uh, whether he thought it was a good thing or a bad thing or, or a lot of that. But point I'm trying to make here is I would have never learned the things that I did about um, Iran and Iraq and about how the culture actually works and about how the populace actually thinks if I, I didn't treat this Lyft driver as somebody who is worthy of a conversation with me. And I see so many people who do it to like waiters, waitresses, um, service workers, things like that. Like these people have so unique backgrounds and many of them have these incredible freaking stories and they're wonderful human beings. And I, you know, I just love being able to forge those types of connections, those random connections where it's something like, um, like, I don't know why I met you, but I'm really glad I did kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that story and experience is, is crazy to hear about. And I mean, they, that goes to show like how many people got into that guy's car for rides and didn't say a single thing. And, you know, you have this conversation where you learn so much and it probably was really impactful for him as well to be able to share that and for someone to actually listen to him and, and allow him to be heard. So, you know, I think that that's incredible. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like if I go somewhere, I want to have conversations with people. I don't care if like I'm that one person in an elevator that just starts having a conversation with whoever else is in there. Like that's what life's about. Like we all want to connect with people and hear each other's stories when we can. So, I mean, I definitely think if anyone listening, you know, isn't in that perspective, like just try it. Just next time you go out to eat, next time you go to the store, just strike up a conversation with, you know, someone working there and you'd be surprised with what you could learn. Yeah. Caesar Freeman was the guy I, uh, and he changed his last name. Actually, that's the coolest part of the story. So yeah. he changed his last name when he came to the U S from, um, I can't remember what it was, but he changed it to free man. Cause he said, I'm now a free man. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And there's another story too of, um, uh, a woman who, again, this is a, a Lyft driver, a woman who I found out, um, grew up in Honduras had a baby when she was 13 years old, had no way to support the baby. Parents kicked her out the house. So she turned to prostitution on the streets of Honduras to survive and put food on the table for her and her baby. And somehow, man, freaking somehow, she ended up scraping enough money together, ended up making the journey from Honduras, getting into the United States and when I was talking to her, man, she's, I don't know, maybe like mid fifties, this woman was glowing, like glowing. And I'm going, ma'am, how, how in the world did you get from where you grew up? Like this, the, the stories that you're telling me about what you were forced to do to survive. How the hell did you get from that to being so freaking happy today? How? And her mindset is incredible, man. It's like, she's so grateful for everything that happens. She looks on the bright side of everything, like finds the good in every single scenario and never takes time to feel sorry for herself. And that's, that's coming from her. And what she ended up doing is just continuously picking herself back up and moving forward and picking herself back up and moving forward. Like just keep, keep like going through all those hard times, man. And just pushing through it. 
And she's got a beautiful family, a beautiful home. Like she drove me by it. We went out of our way. She drove me by it. And she's like, look, this is the home that I purchased. Like, this is where I live with my family. Like, and those types of stories, man. And again, like, I still remember that to this day. This still, like, it, this makes me emotional, like to this day. And it hurts, hurts me, you know, that I, uh, well, number one, we haven't had the ability to have those conversations for like the past year. And, you know, number two, people who don't know her story and like get into the car and don't have the ability or the opportunity to hear her story or like talk to her, learn the stuff that I did from her. Cause man, it was, it's incredible. And how somebody can have such a positive, like strong mindset after going through all that shit, just, it just amazes me. That, that is incredible. And I, wow. Yeah. I mean, like I, I feel like I can hear the emotion when you recall, you know, these kind of stories and I feel emotion like welling up in me, just like, that is incredible. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to call anyone out and I, I even do it myself, but like, you know, we have those days where we're like, Oh, I went to the grocery store. I didn't have my favorite cereal. Like my life sucks. Like today's a terrible day, whatever. And it's like, just that perspective of like people in this world go through crazy stuff and they still have the most positive energy and mindset and attitude and outlook and it's like we we can definitely learn from people that go through those experiences and it, i mean i i just feel grateful that you were here to share you know these stories with me because they've definitely had an impact on me just from hearing them secondhand no i appreciate that man and dude i do yeah. it in my daily life all the time too don't get me wrong like uh, yeah. just go to the grocery like you mentioned go to the grocery store be like ah, yeah freaking idiot took my parking spots right <laughs> really and like in the grand scheme of things does it, ma- does it really matter or somebody you know does something stupid when driving or like doesn't merge at the right time it's like oh right. you asshole like i hate my life it's like yeah. no you don't or there's a, right. a louis ck bit um regardless of, of what you think about him he has a funny bit about how uh nowadays people don't realize like how amazing the technology we use is mm-hmm. and it effectively ends with i'm gonna ruin it for all y'all sorry but it effectively ends with him um, making an example of somebody who like looks at their phone and it takes like a few seconds to load a web page. It's like, oh, fucking stupid phones. Like so old. It's like, really? <laughs> Is it stupid? Because like, excuse it because it has to go to freaking space, talk to something else and then come back from space to serve your stupid little butt with your fat fingers and all that stuff. And yeah. that kind of just, it, it, that allows that bit just reminds me at least to put things in perspective. Cause it's like, man, in the grand scheme of things, a web page taking 10 seconds to load or when you're on a zoom call and you know, the computer's going slow. It's like, eh. right. Those are, these are luxury problems, man. These are luxury yeah. problems. We're not worrying about whether a woolly mammoth or saber tooth tiger is going to bite our fucking faces off. We're, <laughs> we're worrying about whether a web page is going to load or not. So right. perspective. Definitely. It's all about perspective and very, very much a luxury problem, champagne problems, whatever you want to call them. Um, but you know, PJ, it's, it's been awesome talking to you. I, like we've said, you know, you can learn from any conversation. And I know that I've learned a lot from this conversation with you. And, you know, I, I appreciate being able to call you a friend and, and you know, be along in this journey for the last, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years and to see where you're at now. Um, it's been awesome. Yeah, vice versa, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. This was, yeah. uh, this was awesome. And yeah, oh, if, if you want to check out the donut, um, find us at the donut.co. That's T-H-E-D-O-N-U-T. Dot co uh, stands for dose of news useful today that's a little uh, little easter egg there 
but sign up for our newsletter. Uh, it comes in at like around 6 a.m. or so every single morning. We'll have a couple additional newsletters launching. So if you're all about positive news, we'll have a newsletter that's 1,000% only the good stuff happening in the world. Uh, wake up, choose good vibes. And then we're launching a futuristic newsletter all about emerging technology, medical breakthroughs, like the cutting edge of, of modern day science. So if you wanna get hope for the future, you wanna get excited about the future, that's the newsletter for you. And then last thing, we're launching a text message um, as well It's the first ever text message that delivers comprehensive news. Uh, it's called Donut DM. That'll be coming out over the next couple of weeks. So point I'm making, sign up for our newsletter at the donut.co and be on the lookout because we got some cool shit coming. Man, you beat me to it. I was going to say, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners <laughs> or anywhere to check out the donut? But, oh, the same um, first rodeo, my friend. Same <laughs> rodeo. That's fair. But, you know, everything that you said to, um, you know, with the website and all that, I'll put that in the description. So anyone listening, if you didn't catch that, just head on to the description of the episode and check out the donut. Um, I swear by it, it. I mean, it's changed my life. I'm big on like morning rituals. And after I wake up and, you know, do some gratitude, um, and stuff like that. First thing I do is, is pop open the donut and see what's going on and get that positivity. So um, definitely check it out. But uh, other than that, PJ, anything, any last words, any last message you want to give to anyone listening? Uh, I mean, uh, thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> um, and I actually had a question. So you said you're big on morning routines. Have you yeah. seen or heard of a company called the Daily Aloha? No, I haven't. Let me send that to you, and I might also be able to make an intro to you um, with the founder as well. Her name's Amy Giddon. She's freaking amazing. Her mission is to pretty much deliver like positive social media or introduce actual real human connection via social media, and it's a mindfulness app, Daily Aloha is, um, so you should check it out. That is awesome. I will definitely check it out. Thank you for sharing that. You got it, man. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for everything you shared. We'll definitely have to have you back for another another conversation. But um, I appreciate your time and have a good one, man. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. We'll talk. To yeah, you. of course. Talk to you later. Yeah.